With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Soulful Connections with Sam Black. Here, you will find opportunities for healing, renewal, and insightful conversation. Sam is an international psychic medium, trainer, and wellness coach, and is your answer for filling the soul. Good evening and welcome to Soulful Connections. I'm super excited for my very special guest tonight, Jasmine Gonzalez. We are going to be chatting about all things being a woman, a mom, a businesswoman with passions and talents and juggling it all. And we're going to have so much fun together sharing all of this with you. And tonight is a call-in show So if you have a question for myself or for Jasmine, feel free to give us a call and you can do that at 646-668-8878. So without further ado, Jasmine, welcome to Soulful Connections. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited. (laughs) Me too. I am really excited. So for our listeners that have been following your mom, Shirley Felder, was on the show um, last month or the month before, and I'm so blessed to have you as a soul niece, thanks to your mom, because when I got to meet you, I felt an instant connection, and I just love you to pieces. <laughs> Without a doubt. I'm so glad we met. I wish it, would have, it was sooner. Mom just kept talking about you and talking, you have to meet Sam. I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> I love my mom dearly, but she always... She always thinks I want to meet her friends, and I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, sure. And then I met you, and I was like, Mom, I just want to ride her coattails everywhere she goes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm really excited to have you here because as much as I love your mom, I love you too, and I love the work that you're doing. And you really are a fantastic example of women helping women, lifting others up, just going with it and learning what you can to make a better life for yourself and your family and the people you encounter. So why don't you share a little bit with our listeners, just a little bit about you and all of the different things you've got juggling right now. What am I not juggling right now? (laughs) (laughs) So where do I start? I left home at 17 because I thought I was grown. (laughs) (laughs) by 20 I was pregnant and by 21 I was a single mom Um, Mm -hmm. that alone brought lots of fun stuff you know all my friends at 21 were out partying and I was trying to party and be a mom and not ask my parents for help and then oh boy my husband and I've been together for seven years now so I've been happily with him for seven years and we had our son Jude 
just three years ago, and he was diagnosed at 18 months with sensory processing disorder. And my daughter, Michaela, also has some anxiety, fun stuff going on, but uh, we juggle as much as we possibly can with them, and they keep me busy. Um, In my spare time, I am learning new ways to heal my body because I was always sick, always sick. Um, So I'm a Reiki level one healer now. I've done some crystal healing and some holistic remedy courses. And I also have my bachelor's degree in applied behavioral sciences. On top of that, (laughs) I am a breastfeeding peer counselor at our local WIC office. So I help moms with their babies. Before that, I worked at a Head Start where I helped more moms and babies. And I also have two uh, network marketing companies. So I'm an Arbonne consultant and a 31 consultant. Awesome. (laughs) And you're all juggling all of that just brilliantly, brilliantly. And, you know, part of this I really love because I see myself a lot in you. And, you know, as as you know, I had Kelly, my oldest, when I was 17 as well. Um, I got married at 17 and we broke up at at 19 and um, divorced shortly after. So I was a single mom of two and went away to university. And that's where I met my love, Chris, and we've been together almost 20 years now, which is crazy. But I can see a lot of similarities. And much like you, I really incorporated my work, my learning plus direct sales, because I think it's such a great way for moms to first of all, connect with other women and not be in the house all the time, but make some money and also learn a lot of really great skills. So you're really doing a whole lot of things right now, including fostering your passion, which I love, because so many working parents, moms and dads, lose touch with their passions. And What I really love about you, Jasmine, is you incorporate your passions into your home life and into healing for your family and for your children, which is fantastic. Oh, it's, it's been fun. I have to tell you, it's been a, it's been a wild ride. You know, Michaela did go to um, therapy for a little while and she was like, yeah, this isn't helping. And, you know, for her to say that to me, just, I was like, okay, what else is out there? And then I met my cousin who's a Reiki master And Elizabeth was like, just try it once. And we tried it once. And then I was like, okay, the kids need this too. (laughs) You know, so Michaela's also a level one Reiki healer. We did that together. Um, And we just, you know, we roll with it as much as possible. And I also started my um, Woman Behind Moms blog, which I'm kind of just rolling with it, but I'm having fun. (laughs) Well, and it's so helpful for people to see, hey, wait a minute, first of all, I'm not alone. And secondly, here's somebody finding other strategies, other solutions, because I know Michaela is not the only one to try traditional forms of therapy and it just doesn't work and they don't feel lighter. And so it's really important to listen to our higher selves and to our body and and find things that does work for our healing. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And even, you know, with Jude's sensory processing disorder, it's helped a great deal. So I'm really just trying to keep my kids as healthy as possible and myself because, well, you know, with my stomach and holding everything in, I've truly just learned that the best way is just to let it all out somehow, some way. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's that whole energetic component 
as well. So for those listening that aren't really familiar, can you explain what sensory processing disorder is and what are maybe some of the symptoms of that? So sensory processing disorder used to be a part of the autism spectrum but has um, recently been taken off of the spectrum. So some things that uh, Jude goes through, he does not eat. Uh, He has maybe a list. I just wrote the list for his uh, therapist, too, for tomorrow. He has about 20 things he eats. Mm -hmm. Um, This also means that some nights he doesn't sleep. Um, We deal with anger, aggression, attitude, time 20 (laughs) and um, for him it's just about learning his environment in a different way so he sees things and you know things affect him differently some people say that um, children with sensory processing disorder their energies are higher and they can feel the energy of the room and their surroundings just a little bit more than you know the rest of us Absolutely. Feeling that energy and feeling the different frequencies absolutely impacts these children. Um, And in some cases is shut down. And I love that for you, Jasmine, you don't try and shut it down. You just try to look around and say, okay, how can I accommodate this so that it's not overwhelming to him? Oh, yeah. The joke in the house is that um, every time somebody comes in, there's a new behavioral plan in place. (laughs) so we just hung up a new one I was like oh man somebody's gonna I'm like one day somebody's gonna walk in this house and go what is this but it works for him and a lot of the things that we're learning for him also work you know for us as adults so you know taking down you know the lighting before bedtime and you know having certain smells in the house so we do a lot of stage every now and then and just kind of keep the blue lights down a little, you know, the typical things that we all think about, but don't do. (laughs) Absolutely. And, you know, two of our children, so we have five altogether and two of our children also, they have autism and also have the sensory piece of it. And I know my, my one child, she, she's 16 and she still eats maybe 20 things if we're lucky. Um, And it's, it's been a challenge over the years of, trying to figure out how can we make sure that she's as healthy as she can be knowing that she's just, she will not eat those things. And I joke sometimes when I worked for children's aid, I would kind of joke with the parents and say, I promise no judgment. Um, because I, I remember those days when I say your child won't starve themselves. <laughs> your child just needs a routine. Just put them to bed. <laughs> and then I, and then I had my wonderful Brooklyn to teach me how wrong I was. <laughs> kids like that they just take the whole you know we have that early childhood background you and I so kids like them they take it and they're like yeah throw the book out the window already would you that's how I feel with him and even when I worked with you know at all my daycare settings and all the children like I was in daycare since I was 16 I'm 31 now and I just stopped daycare about six years ago so you know, my whole life, I kept telling moms, like, how how to not give their kids pacifiers and how not to do certain things with their kids. And I probably do a lot of those things now. So if any yeah. of them are listening, I'm truly sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, you know, it's just about doing the very best we can with what we've got. We're all running a program, right? And we get, we're given these wonderful gifts in our lives to shake things up so that we can reassess our program and decide whether or not it's working for us or whether we need an upgrade, just like you have your behavioral plans upgraded as needed. We also have to have our belief systems upgraded as needed. It's always well-intentioned. It just sometimes isn't fitting for the child. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> I think that works. I think that works for us as adults, too. You know, um, when I was preparing for tonight, I was like, what are some things that keep me going? And I was like, meditation, music. And, like, for me, I remember when you and I talked and you were like, the first time we met, you were like, you need to just meditate. And I'm like, what does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, we hear people talk about meditation and you think that it's something it's really not. It's just finding that time for you to just sit and relax and not have your brain all over the place. Mm-hmm. So for Absolutely. me, it's, it's like driving to go pick up the kids with the music blaring, no kids. It's just me. Or even sometimes I've been reading a lot. I do a lot of personal development with my um, newest business where one of the biggest components is personal development. So I've been reading a lot of books <laughs> and I'm like, this good. Is my mommy's 10 minute meditation right here. It's just me and my book. <laughs> Fantastic. And you know, sometimes being a busy mom, 10 minutes is all you can, can do. And that's enough. That's totally enough to, you know, just get it in there and, and do that for yourself because whatever you're doing for yourself is definitely benefiting your family. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. And when I had, um, when I had Jude, I was a uh, fully breastfeeding mom, and that's how I got my job, too, <laughs> as a breastfeeding peer counselor. I started as a breastfeeding mom who went to our local groups. We meet, they meet the first and third Thursday of every month, and it's it was a blessing in disguise because I met these ladies, and they're like family to me now. I don't breastfeed anymore. We went three years. And he naturally weaned, but these ladies were my life. And without them, I would have never realized that I had postpartum depression and anxiety. And that's when I started just five minutes a day. So five minutes a day, I would go sit in my bathroom while he was napping or while he was, you know, somewhere safe. And I would just do my hair and my makeup. And I'm like, this is my five minutes and I'm going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about that. Tell us a little bit about the postpartum and, And what were some of the things you were experiencing? Because I know women listening, at least some of them are going to resonate with this. Oh, postpartum depression and anxiety, it was hard. So for the first, oh, probably five or six months, I was in denial, hardcore. Everybody kept, everything's okay. Yep, I'm fine. Yep, I'm good. And we were going through a lot. So we had Jude. We were in transition to get a new house. So we were living with mom. (laughs) I love my mom dearly, but the two of us in a household, it it gets hard. (laughs) And then Jude would cry so much. Like he had witching hour every hour. I swear he really did. (laughs) He cried all the time. And, you know, everybody tried to do their best to help. And I just didn't want their help because I thought I had total control and I really had no control. Um, So once I started going to the groups, And I started talking, you know, about 
I can still remember sitting in the group and the IBCLC looking at me and going, you might want to look into postpartum depression. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Not me. I'm good. She's like, yeah, some of the things that you're describing, you know, and because I would, I would try to have the house, like once we got into our house, I would try to have the house clean by noon because I figured if the house was clean by noon, I was in total control for those few hours. (laughs) Because I had no control. He controlled everything. He he still kind of does. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he controlled how often I was getting up, how often I was stuck on the couch. And I tell my moms that I work with now, Netflix and chill it out. Because, you know, before you know it, that time is gone. And it's okay yeah. to sit still. And that's one thing that I've learned from postpartum depression is it's okay to sit still. You don't always need to be doing something to feel like you're doing something absolutely with your kids is enough and when you're going through all of that stuff it's just not enough (laughs) in your brain it's not enough but it really is and even Brian sometimes we sit back and we laugh about it because I was in a total fog for a good year like 12 to 14 months I was in a total fog and when I came out of it I was like oh my god (laughs) you know and even I'm like did I do that the only time I miss postpartum depression, though, is when, like, I need to clean the house. <laughs> yes. Now it takes me all day. I can't focus the same. <laughs> you know, it's so interesting. And the pressures that we put on ourselves as parents, as women, and for dads, too, you know, it's just incredible. I remember after I had Tristan, I was a single mom of two, and I was on assistance for a little while because, again, 19 years old, or I guess I was 20 years old by then. Um, but a single mom, I didn't have any resources and new baby. And so I decided I have to go back to school because I don't even have a high school diploma. Like, how am I going to raise these babies? And I can remember my cousin, my aunt saying, he's two months old. And I said, I know, but I, I have to give them a life. Like I just, it didn't feel like enough to stay home. Not because I didn't feel like I was enough, but because I was not present. And, and I wish at that time I, I knew the techniques around meditation and just, you know, Netflix and chill it out and all of that because I put so much pressure on myself. And I think because I was a young mom, which I'm sure you can, can relate to, I, I thought I had to do 10 times more than every other mom just to prove that I could. Um, Right? Like the pressures we put on ourselves. And I look back and I, I send that 20 year old version of myself so much love because she worked so hard. Like I don't remember when I slept at one point before I went to university, I was 20, 22 years old. And I was working at a bakery from four or five in the morning until 11 in the morning. And then I would run home to be with my kids and I would go to a restaurant from five to eight and then run a couple blocks over to a bar and work there until two. Oh, at least and I did that. <laughs> I didn't work at the bar long. I'll tell you honestly, it lasted a summer and I did get fired because I had this guy smack in my butt and I just wasn't going for that. And I shoved him off his bar stool finally. And I was just told, you're not cut out for this. And I'm like, you're right. I'm totally not cut out for this. But I loved the fine dining restaurant. Um, but I was not interested at all in being somebody that could be touched inappropriately or treated that way. It just was not in my designer makeup. 
And but I can tell you, I worked that hard for a summer. I don't know when I would have slept. I guess I probably slept from like midnight until three or four. Um, but that's not really a whole lot of sleep. And I did that for months. And so when I finally went away to university, I can remember people saying, oh, this must be so hard. And I said, this feels like a holiday. <laughs> you know, my, my kids are good. I only have classes for eight hours a week. I can do all my schoolwork when they're in bed. I thought it was wonderful. Um, but again, those pressures that we put on ourselves and needing to be good enough. And, you know, I was chatting with Tanya Antonio earlier on the show, and we were talking a lot about to the judgment and moms not supporting moms. And that's part of the reason I love what you do so much because you're so supportive of other moms and you really build community around you. And I think it's just fantastic. I absolutely, you know, this job literally fell in my lap and I'm so grateful for it because that, you know, I always had that, I always wanted to help somebody else. You know, again, it's, it's in my DNA. Like we always, how I was raised, we always helped everybody else because that's how we helped ourselves, you know? So for Mm -hmm. me, it's always been just, you know, just even if it's five seconds with a mom, I feel like that's just what they need sometimes. And I have friends who, you know, they didn't start out my friends. And one of my best friends now, she started out as one of the moms that I helped. And her husband knew me. We went to school together. And then I walked in the room to help her. And she's like, you are my soul sister. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what you're talking about, but sure, whatever. Now we're best friends. And it's amazing when you can reach out to help a mom, just how much you're doing for yourself and that mom. It could be, you know, the girl next door. Talk to people because it's okay to talk to somebody. You don't need to tell them your whole life story, but it's okay to get out there a little bit. Absolutely. When we put ourselves out there a little bit more, we accept ourselves and we say, okay, this is okay. And, you know, if we're not afraid of something, then we're, we're ready to knock down things. And as moms, we need to show our kids that that's awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I used to help moms too. I used to work as a doula and I've also done parent support in addition I know, to the social I heard work. That yesterday or today when you were on the phone or yeah. the call earlier and I was like, wait, she was a doula. <laughs> yeah. What, what haven't I been? Sometimes I wonder, I, I did doula work for about two or three years. Um, and I found it to be a, too, a bit too much when my kids were younger, but I loved it. I loved supporting these moms through this most beautiful transition. Um, And then, so I shifted over to parent support after that because of the fact that being gone for two to three days at a time just wasn't quite working for my young family. However, I loved that helping piece. And, you know, so many moms I worked with, it didn't matter what demographic, it didn't matter how rich or poor they were. It didn't matter any of that stuff. What I found consistently was they just wanted to be validated that they were doing a good job and that they were going to be okay. Oh, yeah. Over I, and I over. I found that, that same even in Head Start. You know, I worked with a lot of young moms, and I was a young mom. So they were like, oh, we can talk to you. And I'm like, of course, you know, we could always talk. It, and sometimes we even talked about, you know, because when I was a Head Start, I went back to school single mom, I went back to school, I did online schooling. 
So moms were like, oh, well, how are you doing it? So I would tell them how I was doing it, you know, and that gave them that little bit of spark. And they're like, okay, I could do this too. And it's nice to be able to help. It feels good. It does. It feels really, really good. And it doesn't take much. Like you said, it could just be five minutes or something. Oh, yeah. I have another friend who, you know, she was my all-time, like, I could, every time I see her, I cry when I think about it. We just had Jude. Michaela was a cheerleader. And I was breastfeeding. And it was hard for me to breastfeed in public at first because of the judgment. And people are so judgy. And they don't realize how judgy or how loud they are with their judgments. Mm-hmm. So here I am sitting in the stand. And I'm like looking around to breastfeed Jude and I had a cover over him and he hated covers. He hated it like nobody's business. And I had two moms come and they moved closer to me. And the one mom looked at me and she smiled and all she had to do was smile. And I was like, oh, I love you. Like, thank you so much. (laughs) And we laugh about it now. I'm like, without you, I don't even know if I would have made it a football season because I didn't know how moms were going to make me feel. And she came over and she talked to me. And then another friend was behind me. And they just like, it was like that quiet entourage of moms saying, it's okay. And you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, so and that's so beautiful. It is. Absolutely. It's all we need. You know, it's, it's interesting. And I can remember plenty of times, um, you know, with the kids, especially when Kelly and Tristan were at the age where they played soccer and and things like that. And we had our youngest three, May 7th, May 12th, and then two years later, May 9th. So like bang, 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 right? So we called them just the babies and Kelly and Tristan. (laughs) And I can remember going to different sporting events and, you know, at the time we only had one vehicle still And Chris worked. We didn't have a whole lot of family support and things like this. So I'd, you know, go down the road with my wagon. I'd have one baby tied to my chest, two in the wagon, Kelly and Tristan walking, and we'd go. And, and, you know, it's so interesting because, you know, half the people would look at me like, how on earth are you doing this? (laughs) Are you crazy? And the other half would just be just in awe, you know, and they'll say, I had a hard enough time with one, you know, and, and those are the things, how much pressure, you know, that the mom saying, I had a hard enough time just with one. How are you doing this? I like to just celebrate that and say, you know what? We all got up this morning and we got here. We're all doing really, really well. <laughs> it's oh, not yeah. about how many. It's not about any of that. It's just, it's about doing your thing. And if you're happy and you you feel loved and your baby's loved, you know, all the judgments aside, let's push those aside because, all those judgments are are unanswered questions and a seeking of validation for ourselves. So if we can really just see it for what it is and start supporting each other, can you imagine how much happier all these lives would be? Oh, it would be so beautiful. I'm, oh, it would be great. Like I tell you all the time, that's my, my biggest, uh, is like if we could only just sit back and accept people for, you know, whatever they have to bring to the table without judgments. I don't care if you, You know, you look one way or you look another way or you believe in one thing or you don't believe in it. Or Mm -hmm. even if you breastfed or you didn't breastfeed. I tell my moms all the time, I don't care if you breastfeed. You want to breastfeed? Great. If not, that's your that's your deal. I'm not here to judge you. I'm just here to help you and give you the facts. So how do you help these moms? 
going so, in. And for those I, of you who who haven't had children, if you're a man, <laughs> or if you're you know someone who yet hasn't yet had children or isn't planning to, consider that Jasmine going in is probably one of the most vulnerable situations these women are ever going to be in. I oh, think. Doubt, I I think so too. You know, like it's sometimes it's hard for me to go into a room and explain to a mom who I am. But so what I do is I'm a mom to mom support. So I'm not certified at all. Um, I have had a lot of training, a lot, a lot of training. Some I've done on my own just out of curiosity and some for the job. And what I do is I just help moms make educated decisions about breastfeeding. So if they have any questions, like, does it hurt? I explain to them, yeah, of course it's going to hurt. You know, you're not used to something being on you that long. And then um, that kind of opens the door for them to be willing to pick up the phone and say, hey, listen, uh, I don't know what I'm doing. I need help. Or, hey, Mm -hmm. am I doing everything okay? And that's pretty much what I'm like. I tell them all the time, I'm your best booby friend while you're breastfeeding and while you're pregnant. And that's my job. Like, my job is to be your friend and to be here for you, to support you so that breastfeeding does go okay. Because I can tell you, when I had Michaela, breastfeeding did not go okay. (laughs) Not even a little bit. I broke a pump. I think maybe even two pumps. I know my mom is laughing right now. Um, My cousin breastfed her son, but she lived in North Carolina, so I had no idea what I was doing. I was just winging it. And the nurses mm-hmm. kept telling me, oh, you know, it's okay. Don't worry. You can give her both. But that was pretty much it. And once the nurses were gone and I was home, there was nobody really to say, this is what you need to do. Yeah. So I was winging it. And I went back to work. The plan wasn't to go back to work. But, you know, things were rocky. And her dad and I were better off friends than, you know, being in a relationship together. So I went back to work. And it started off as part-time, and the next thing I know, they were like, no, we need you every day. You're you're really qualified. You have a great background. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the next thing I know, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so engorged, and I don't know what to do. And that was before people really, really used Google all the time. Yes. <laughs> you know, so I was just winging it. I had no idea what I was doing. And I tell my mom that all the time. I had no idea what I was doing. I just made it work. And that's the best thing that I can always tell any mom, whether you're going to breastfeed or not, understand that whatever you're doing has to be what's best for you and your family and your family's journey, because everybody's journey is different. It sure is. It sure is. And, you know, um, we were talking earlier, Tanya Antonio, and I was saying, you know, some women cannot, like it's not a possibility to breastfeed. I can remember um, somebody I care about, had her first child and they kept saying, you know, breast is best. You, you must at least try. And she said, I had a breast reduction. I can't do that. And they said, well, you can, you just have to try, be a good mom. And she's like, the plumbing's not there. <laughs> I physically, I, I can't, there's, there's nothing there. <laughs> and, you know, like, it just sounds so absurd, but these conversations happen. They happen all the time. And, you know, I know for me, I wanted so badly to breastfeed and it wasn't working out for us. And I can remember the midwife coming and, you know, they're 
they'll say, oh, the baby's losing weight. Well, yes, the baby, <laughs> baby is losing weight. And I'm already very aware and conscious of that. And I was so upset and I felt so guilty. And they started me on homeopathy. So I think I, it was Greek. I think they were giving me. So I Did teased the like midwife. Syrup? <laughs> um, no, it's, I'm trying to, it's, it did not smell like maple syrup. It was not a nice smell. And I, I was teasing the midwife. I'm like, is this the newest form of birth control? Because there's no way Chris is coming near me smelling like this. It just oozes from your pores, right? But it's, it's interesting the things we do to try to make something work. And you can't fit a square peg into a round hole. Sometimes you need to just grab the peg that fits for your life and run with that. Oh, yeah. You know, and I think that that applies as a mom or as Mm -hmm. a dad or, you know, even for our kids, if we can teach our kids that, that, you know, I'm going through that now with my 10 year old. Oh, 10 is horrible. I'm sure teenage years are horrible, but 10 is horrible because they're coming into this whole like they're growing up, they're maturing and then they have their whole friend thing and I'm over it. But you know, I try to teach her the same things, like the same friends you had yesterday, they, that's okay if they're not your friends tomorrow, because mm-hmm. you guys were friends today, and that's all that matters. Today yeah. is here, tomorrow's not here yet, so let's not worry about tomorrow, let's worry about right now. Yeah, yeah and, and you know, it's so interesting, we're talking about grade 10 girls, it's the same stuff. As 30-year-old girls. It really is. It's the it's same, the same stuff. <laughs> oh. It really is. It's the, I, so, sometimes I'm like, really? Are we really doing this? But it happens as adults because we get caught up in the moment, too, just like mm-hmm. our kids. Yeah, absolutely. And it all comes from a lack of understanding. Always. It so. always does. Yeah, I love I love the techniques that you're teaching, Michaela, and I love the different things because you've taught her about crystals, you teach her about breathing, you teach her about boundaries. Can you share just some of the techniques that you've found really work um, for her, first of all, with getting anxiety symptoms, but also with just surviving those, that age 10 and age 8 and age 7? <laughs> Oh, yeah. What are some of the techniques that you've taught her? She's a rare bird. Like, I love my girl. I say that, you know, each of my kids came at a time that I needed them, and Mm -hmm. they they taught me something. I'm sure I'm teaching them plenty, but they have taught me so much. It's beyond beyond imaginable. (laughs) So, um, as I said before, Michaela and I, um, her dad and I were high school sweethearts. And then, you know, just meeting of the minds, and we're like, okay, this is it. You know, and for a while, we we didn't get along. And hopefully he's listening to and laughing, because now we get along, and, you know, we, we share dinners and meals and laugh. But three years ago, that would have never happened. Um, but, you know, an unfortunate situation happened, and we all woke up, and we decided we needed to be here for her. So some of the things that I did for her while he was away was, you know, expressing to her, she's very artistic. So she would draw. So I would tell her, draw me how you feel, draw what's missing, draw, draw what's really bothering you. And like when she was seven to her, that was a picture of 
the most random thing, but she felt better after she drew it. And that's all I needed her to do, mm-hmm. you know, was to get it out on paper. And then as she got better writing, okay, write me a story. So she writes these beautiful stories. I mean, her room is filled with arts and crafts. I just let them craft all day long because that's her meditation. That's um, wonderful. She crafts, yeah, she crafts all day long if I let her. She paints, She whatever she wants, I pretty much, okay, with limits. Um, some other things that I've taught her to are just being in the moment. So what's really bothering you? And I try to also keep her scheduled. It drives my mom crazy. <laughs> but I am a I am a very scheduled person. You know that. I like I have to yep. stick to a schedule. But I think more so I have to stick to a schedule for the kids so they know what's coming. So if she knows what to expect, then she's able to handle it a little bit better. And then that puts the anxiety aside just a little bit more for her. Okay. And she does a little bit of meditation. Um, when she tells me her belly hurts because with her, oh, Brian and I brought her to the doctor one time and she just kept complaining of a stomach ache and I told her she was crazy. <laughs> My mom just texted me and said I was, I was anal, not scheduled, but. <laughs> Shirley Felder, I love you. <laughs> but, um, you know, we looked, they did an x-ray of her stomach and she was so backed up and then I didn't know what I knew now you know about you know her solar plexus and all her anxiety being in her gut I didn't understand it I was going through the same thing as an adult I was diagnosed with IBS and thought I had stomach cancer at the age of 21 so you know I taught her the things I could do for myself and that's how I got into crystals and Reiki and the holistic remedies so she's Sometimes we change her diet to kind of help balance her out a little bit. But Reiki has really, it's done a number for that little girl. She's really learned how to express her feelings. That's incredible. It really is. And and I love how flexible you've been with her. And I really love that you shared how you and her dad get along now. Because I've actually used you as as a story of success. Because so many parents really struggle with that splitting up peace and and how do we do this without comparing and without competing and all of that stuff and you know you guys sharing meals together and holidays together and and all of that it's beautiful it's beautiful and children need things like that I know for me growing up it's certainly you know my parents are not (laughs) not cordial or in the same room ever Um, But I can remember as a child not understanding that. And I've worked with so many other children where their parents are no longer together and they really struggle. Whereas for you, you know, it's, it's beautiful how far you guys have come and how you've grown together and you've made your daughter the forefront of the priorities. And that's what it really all comes down to. So I think that's fantastic that you guys have done that. Thank you. It, it's been a lot of hard work, but, you know, we've all just decided, you know what, she is the main priority. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, for me, I grew up without my dad and um, my stepdad um, and my mom raised me, but, you know, and he was my dad. And as I grew up, we kind of 
split our ways and we went, you know, our separate ways and I'll still love him the same. And I love him for what he brought into my life. But for Michaela, I knew, you know, despite whatever might happen between me and her dad, she needed a dad, you know, and she's yeah. got two dads now. So she's just one lucky girl. She doesn't think she sure that, is. <laughs> Watch out boys. She has two uh-uh. dads. <laughs> I told them they need shirts, and the the new joke is um, I'm going away when she turns, like, 14, mm-hmm. and I'm going as far away where there's no cell phone service because those two need to handle it between her attitude and whatever else <laughs> might come. I'm out. <laughs> and let's talk about Jude for a minute because he is one of the funniest little guys I've ever met. He has so much personality and so much character. He's hilarious. He is his father. And people think that, you know, Brian is like this shy guy. I'm like, no, Jude is like a little (laughs) Brian. (laughs) He really is. He's a little Brian. He's a funny kid. He keeps me on my toes. Uh, I remember when um, the the one morning I was with him, and you had been introducing kombucha into your diet and for the kids and to help us get health. And he chugs that stuff like, no, tomorrow. And he says to me, he goes, you got to have the booch. <laughs> and I can't go past a ball of kombucha now without thinking about him because he's just so adorable. Oh, he goes crazy if my mom doesn't – like. I don't buy it anymore. My mom will bring it up because that's their thing. And, you know, for her, my mom loves to feed people. You know that. Yeah. For her, she's like, I don't know what to do for this boy. I can't feed him. So, you know, she has her her three things that she always, well, four now. She brings them white jelly beans. (laughs) (laughs) Because we can't, we don't do any red dyes for him. So she brings him the white jelly beans. And she just brought him up some kombucha tonight. And he's like, Grandma bought me this kombucha. It's mine, not yours. You can't have it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, he's adorable. And how do you find the kombucha with Michaela's belly? Does it help her feel better? I don't, you know, at this point, she's so far past really could she doesn't really complain about her stomach anymore she does a lot of yeah she does a lot of talking and I think with all of us getting along now it makes Mm -hmm. things a lot easier for you know so like if her dad drops off and he's like "Eh, something's up but I'm not sure like we'll try to figure it out together and then I'll try to like talk to her about like what's going on or I might bring up something completely different so that she will bring it out in her. And then sometimes I just make her hug Brian. I'm like, hug Brian and let it out. And she calls Brian Abby because there's Abby in his name. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, But, yeah, so she'll hug Brian and then she'll kind of, like, cry it out. And then, and I've also explained to my kids, like, it's okay to cry. And mm-hmm. I think that I don't care who That's you are, good. male or female, you need to cry. Like, Mm-hmm. And my friend and I always say, like, an ugly cry is needed and then move on. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. That's yeah, fantastic. So, I mean, works great for everybody. Brian's the only one that doesn't need, uh, drink it. 
Yeah, it's, I really like it. I don't like all the flavors, but I know one of the ones your mom gave me, I loved, and we don't have it at all our stores. So whenever I cross the border and go into Buffalo, I grab some. Well, you'll be <laughs> here in April it. too, so you know. I know, I'm going to stock up. I'm going to stock up when I come in April for sure. So you also have worked with gemstones, and I know you've worked with essential oils too. And I love to mention the essential oils because one of the techniques that I've used with my daughter um, around the sensory stuff is by accident, I figured out that different smells would calm her down. And I used to be a consultant for Epicure Selections years ago, and it's a fantastic company, by the way, if anybody's wanting direct sales opportunity, and it is coming to the States. So, um, and it's, it's all organic, um, gluten-free, GMO-free seasonings and, and spices. And so I was Wait, organizing. Wait, you gave mom the other day, right? Oh, the it, last time you were here? Is. Yeah, I'll, and I'm bringing her some them. more. She doesn't, good, because I took them from her. <laughs> <laughs> I will bring double then. And so they come in these beautiful little jars and I was organizing and she was having a bit of a meltdown. And so I, I said, here, smell this. What do you think? Cause I was trying to distract her. I wasn't thinking about the sensory piece. I was just trying to stop the, the conversation and reroute it. And she smelled it and she's like, no. And I said, Oh, well, how about this one? And I handed her something else. And so she sat there smelling the spices and she goes, I like how this one makes me feel. And I'm like, that's fantastic. Can you find another oh, wow. one that helps you feel that way? And it, it was something I didn't even think about, but all these different spice blends. So I started writing down a list. So when she started getting upset, I would say, you know what? I need some help in the kitchen. Do you think you could go and smell these three things and let me know which one I should include with dinner tonight? And it would totally distract her. And it worked. It worked for a couple years, actually. It was fantastic. And even now, sometimes I'll, she'll go in the kitchen as she's making stuff and she'll just smell. Um, she doesn't eat anything still. <laughs> she's still under her 20 items, <laughs> I think. But she'll at least, she smells the seasonings. And so what's really cool is now we've transitioned that over and she uses essential oils. And I know that you use essential oils. So can you share what successes you found with that? Oh, let's see. So I started my Arbon business because they were vegan. Um, they're just very down to earth with everywhere that I'm headed now with my crystal healings, my holistic remedies. They're plant-based, you know, and we also have essential oils. So I was like, I'm in. <laughs> so for me, I just really, honestly, I was rolling with the oils. I was like, oh, yeah. I'm just going to try them. And I have another friend who was just like, oh, try lavender. Lavender does not work on all children, especially sensory children. No, it Sometimes doesn't. Lavender does the opposite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's important to remember if you're going to um, utilize oils or really anything, you have to be careful with understanding what they do and then yeah. their adverse effects. So yeah, you know, it's so how... funny. It's funny. Years ago when Tristan was little, one of the prominent companies came out with a bedtime baby wash to help babies go to sleep. And it was lavender and it totally had Tristan spinning <laughs> wide oh, awake. Yeah. 
like, I'm like, they, they broke my baby. This is not working for me. <laughs> we tend to, you know, go with the, the citrusy smells. Um, the newest blend that they love is a, it's called Warrior, and it has a, that's one that we have um, at Arbon, and that's got frankincense and just really earthy earthy mm-hmm. smell to it and the kids really like that um the kids also have roller balls mm-hmm. that's what <laughs> so, we have too we have roller balls and they love it oh yeah um Michaela has tea tree and lavender the lavender I try to give her when she's doing like test taking or she's kind of just all over the place mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the tea tree I'm like your friends are sick use this it sounds horrible but <laughs> I'm like, don't touch a thing. Roll your arms, roll your hands. <laughs> um, and then Jude just rolls around with rollerballs all day long. Uh, he takes baths in them. We have started to slowly introduce lavender again because now it doesn't do as much as it used to. I just try to avoid it around bedtime. Okay, um, that's me, great. For me, I find that frankincense helps me, like, stay grounded, especially Mm -hmm. when it's wintertime and I can't really do much of anything outside. Uh, (laughs) I I was thinking about moving to Canada. Then I realized how cold it is. It's just as cold (laughs) as in New York. (laughs) We have probably very similar weather, you and I. It's horrible. I'm over it. (laughs) I I really, I'm over it. Um, But, yeah, I try to just, I roll with, the the oils because some oils are a little too strong for others you know and yeah we we just play around and I the best thing that I love about parenting and my journey just since I've met you is just rolling with it and being okay to say no and being okay to say yes so like if my gut is saying yes I'm saying yes I'm like okay I might think about it for a minute but I'm gonna say yes (laughs) I love that. I love that. And everyone has that intuition and that inner compass trying to point them in the right direction. And what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for somebody else. So always trust your own gut. Oh, yeah. And there are times that things that, you know, worked for me yesterday are not going to work for me today. Mm -hmm. And the kids are the same way. And I think once we realize that, it makes for a happier household. It also alleviates a lot of the pressure because you realize, hey, you know what? It's okay. It just didn't work today. What else do we want to try? And just get playful. And you had mentioned the grounding earlier. And one activity that I used to do with some of the families that I worked with and I've done for myself is, you know, those dish pans you can buy, the, the dish tubs. You can get them at Dollar General and stuff to do dishes when you're camping. Mm-hmm. Well, you get those and fill them with sand and you can even put some pebbles in or whatever and then put your feet in them and it works just like grounding. So these days when we have lots of snow outside and you're not necessarily going to want to run out barefoot, although some people do, um, at least that way you're still getting that grounding activity. And there was this one little guy that I used to work with and he had a lot of sensory stuff and he would um, be in his head quite a bit. as many people can be. And so we actually got a kiddie pool and we put it in their living room. They took their living room furniture, put it in their rec room 
because their living room was tiled. And we put down a tarp and we put the kiddie pool on it and we filled it with sand and made like an indoor sandbox for in the winter. And the mom would just sit beside and put her feet in it and he'd sit there and he would play for hours in this indoor sandbox because he just needed the earth so much. And we put shells in there and we put all different things that he could scoop. And so it was good for him developmentally, but it was really good for helping him do the earthing stuff in the winter time. And this was in Northern Ontario. So, you know, the winters are much longer there and we'd bring in scents. So um, bring in some pine, bring in some cedar, bring in different smells of natural trees. So that that way you're bringing the nature indoors to help with that grounding as well. I kick my kids outside. 30 and above, like I kick it back yep. daycare style, 30 and above, go outside, let's go. And I hate it. I'm not going to lie to you, but I'm like, all right, outside. And I might stand outside with them for a little bit and I'm like, okay, back inside for a minute and then back out. Yeah. But I mean, you need that fresh air sometimes too, but I need to try Absolutely. that sandbox thing. Well, and it's great. It works really, really well for kids, but it can also work well for adults too. And, you know, other things, bringing fountains inside to bring in the water element and, and understanding that we all have different elements that we're drawn to. Um, this one particular lady that I've worked with, she was, she's very much air energy and should fibromyalgia. So going outside was very painful for her. And all we did, we brought fans inside the house so that she still felt that air energy. And whether that's, you know, placebo, I don't know what it is, but it works. <laughs> it helped her a lot. It helped her feel Sometimes grounded like because she was able to tap lot. in. Absolutely. It's just about getting creative and playing. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it also goes back to, you know, between us as individuals and us as parents that sometimes our kids just need those things and, you know, they might seem sick. And I think that for me, like, that's been our theme is that, you might seem sick, but you're not actually sick. Like there's something more going on. Like we have to get to the root of that. So I think through grounding and doing different exercises, whether it's meditating and like we have dance parties in the house. Sometimes Brian comes home and he's mm-hmm. like a oh, dance party, you know, but this is how we just release whatever might be blocking us because blockers stink. <laughs> mm-hmm. And once I started releasing them, I felt a hundred times better. Like I don't have as many stomach issues as I have anymore. Um, The kids feel better because we're learning new techniques. And I think that sometimes as parents, we have to understand that we might do some crazy things like putting a sandbox in our house. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it might not only be for the kids, but they don't need to know that it's for mom too. Until they're old enough, and then they'll know when they're a mom. Hey, wait a minute, that's how mom too. <laughs> oh yeah, me. I mean, my I laugh at my mom all the time because you know my mom and my dad used to go bowling all the time, and to me as a kid, it felt like all the time. It really wasn't all the time. I just, you know, I had separation issues, and I know she's listening, and I'm gonna get a text message or you are after that one. <laughs> <laughs> but you know for me I was like god are they really leaving again but now I'm as a mom I'm like oh my god I need to get out of this house even if it's mm-hmm. for five minutes I get it I totally get it so never not I love you mentioned that. yeah 
I love that you mentioned that because so many parents feel guilty about leaving their kids. And if I can get, if you're a new parent and you're listening, I'm going to give you this piece of advice and I promise you it'll make your life better. Date nights are not negotiable. They need to happen because your relationship needs to continue on a level that's not just mommy and daddy. And secondly, moms and dads should have at least one getaway a year that's child and partner free. Go with your friends somewhere. Um, I know I used to run scrapbooking retreats. I did that for 10 years. And I can tell you quite a few moms came through and it would be their first time away from their child. And, you know, they would cry and they'd be so upset. And we just say, okay, it's okay. We've all been there. Just stick with it because you deserve this time away. And I joke about it with my one friend from university because she was, you know, a little upset at first leaving her child. And now she's like, heck yeah, let's go. (laughs) I'm a better mom when I get home because I've had this weekend. So, you know, it's, it's really good for you to have that time away. Even if it is just a bowling night, just go and do it. And uh, we'll survive. Absolutely. An hour shopping trip. Take the long way home. Turn the yeah. music up. Roll the windows down, even if it's negative 30. I'm not going to say that I've done that or anything, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping in mind for those Canadian listeners, she's talking Fahrenheit. Because <laughs> mine is 30 Celsius. You may not want to do yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't suggest that. <laughs> but, you know, it's. I think that that's another, you know, you taught me that too, because I never left. Like I never left Jude because he was a breastfeeding baby and, you know, they would lie to me and tell me he was doing okay. And I knew he Mm -hmm. wasn't, but I needed that time. And, you know, I, I look back and I'm like, thank God they did that because I needed that time to reset. And we have to hit that reset button. Just like we do when we go to sleep at night, we hit that reset button. And it's so important, like you said, for a relationship, for our mental state, it's important to hit that reset button. Oh, absolutely. Like like my friend and I, we just, so what we do now, because our husbands are gearheads, (laughs) they (laughs) tinker around so much. It's crazy. The things that they come up with and our kids are relatively going through the same things. And then the two of us, we just... We get each other. We click. Um, she's my soul sister. We we dance outside together crazy, you know. So our families, we just have family play dates. So we go over to each other's houses every so often, and one of us will bring dinner, and the other brings drinks and juice boxes for the kids, and the kids just let loose, and we let loose, and then we're like, okay, we're ready to take on the week. That's awesome. And it's so important. I can say it was probably my saving grace as a single mom. When I was young, I had other friends that were also single moms and some of them weren't single moms, but they were moms around the same age. And just having those play dates going so the kids, they they play with each other and you can just unwind and feel it again for a little while. And it's such wonderful medicine. Oh, yeah. Without it, it's just getting out is wonderful medicine, and I think that's important too. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Jasmine, it has been amazing having you on the show. I'd love to have you on the show again another time. 
Um, how can people connect with you? How can they find your blog? And do you have any final words that they need to know? Enjoy life. Uh, <laughs> enjoy life and you'll feel better. That's like the one thing, like I said, you taught me that. And just understanding that not everything that comes about is a problem. It's actually probably just a lesson, a lesson on, you know, knocking our fears and just letting loose. And it's okay to say no sometimes. I'm still working on that too. Uh, (laughs) My favorite affirmation for that one is saying my no is as valid as my yes. I have that written down because you told me that before. And Mm -hmm. I also do, um, I still have a bed, my book by my bedside. So I write down three things I'm grateful for each night. I love it. Positive experience. Again, learn that from you. If I don't write it down, I say it in my head before I go to sleep. It really helps focus on those positive things. So my blog, it does. My blog is on Instagram and it's woman behind mom. They can find me there. It's a private, it's not a private um, page anymore. You can find me on Facebook, Jasmine Gonzalez on Facebook. And what was the other question? I lost it. (laughs) (laughs) I think you got it. Just how they can connect with you and your blog. Thank you so, so much for joining me on Soulful Connections. I've loved having you here. I can't wait to see you in April. I know. I'm heading there again for the Sandy Sullivan Annual Women's Conference. I'm going to be be doing um, two workshops that day, but there's so many wonderful workshops, and you can register for that. Um, It's on Facebook. You can look it up. And if in doubt, connect with me, connect with um, Shirley Felder, connect with Jasmine, and one of us will connect you in the right spot. It's going to be a fabulous day. And they include lunch and everything, and it's it's very well-priced. So it's definitely an event to check out. But I will be really excited to be coming there a couple days early. I'm going to be giving all of you a great big hug. <laughs> and I uh, can't wait to meet you. She's like, I want to meet Sam too. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Tell her I'm bringing her some Canadian goodies. And um, I will look forward to seeing you guys soon. And I love you. And thank you for joining me tonight. Oh, thank you so much for this. I loved it. Love you too. Okay, wonderful. And if you'd like to connect with me, you can do that at www.sandblack.ca. You can also find me on Facebook, Sandblack Psychic Medium, or Coaching Solutions with Sandblack, and as well, on Instagram, Sam Black Psychic Medium. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. I'm going to be back again next Wednesday with two more live shows. And, you know, if you're looking for something fun to do and you're in the Los Angeles area, I will be there a week from Saturday doing my chakra boot camp. There's still some spots available. I will be in Regina two weeks later. And then two weeks later, I'll be in New York and Sullivan County at the SUNY Sullivan Women's Conference. So, so much going on, but it's all lots of fun stuff. And I can't wait to connect with all of you soon. I'm sending you guys so much love. Thank you for joining me today. And go hug your family, go hug your friends. And most of all, congratulate yourselves for doing such an amazing job with your life.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.